I don't have a long spiel to give. I just want to introduce Josh and Carissa uh, to you this morning. They're beginning their full-time uh, missionary associates uh, journey, and I'm not going to tell all of their story. We'll let them share that, but I did want to point out they're not new to missions. For uh, four years, they led a program at Trinity Bible College called Pack Your Bags, where they where students go on several basic missions trips to be educated, but also to have hands-on uh, learning in different countries. And so they've done missions before. Um, they both come from a heritage of ministry. Uh, both were pastors' kids, and Carissa has a connection to our church. And I hope I get this right, but uh, her parents have been pastors throughout uh, North Dakota, Brian Scar, and I didn't write down your mom's name, I apologize, Bev, Brian and Bev Scar, and um, they were related to the Gundersons who are here for many years, were her aunt and uncle, and so she has a connection to our church, I wanted to point that out, and uh, we're just honored to have you guys here today to share your uh, ministry with us. I want to ask you guys to uh, allow God to speak to your heart and challenge you, uh, whatever God is uh, speaking through them, and just be attentive to hear from the Lord today. God calls uh, missionaries. He may be calling you to step out and be a missionary. He may be uh, encouraging you through their message uh, just to do something crazy and unconventional uh, to speak to your employer about Jesus. I don't know. It may be something crazy uh, like that. But um, we just want to uh, bless them today, and we're blessed by having you guys here with us. So I think Carissa's coming first, so we'll have her. Would you uh, give her, uh, appreciate, express your appreciation? <laughs> Thank you. Well, thank you guys so, so much. Thank you, Pastor Kevin and Becky. We're just so honored to be here today. So thank you for allowing us to come and share. It really it really is an honor to be with each of you today. And I've got to meet some of you already, and I'm excited to keep meeting more of you um, after the service. And, and as he said, it, it's fun when, I, when we get to travel to churches that we have a connection to. As my aunt and uncle have been just some of the most influential people in my life, and so it's fun like coming back to one of the churches that they loved so much and gave many years of their life too. And I even went to like, I think there was even one year I went to youth convention with the Carrington youth group. I think when I was in like ninth grade or something. So it's kind of fun, the connections and had camp friends from this place. So it's just really awesome to get to be here with you guys today. So thank you so much. Um, and we're just excited to share with you the journey that God has us on, the journey that he's called our family to. And it's been many years in the making, but it's amazing to see how God is faithful through all of that. Um, and Pastor Kevin, I love that you already mentioned it because I think probably one of the things during our time of itineration and traveling to churches and things like that has just been really laid on our hearts of just like we're excited to share about what God's doing and asking for people to be willing to send us and to partner with us because you're also a part of what he is doing across the world, that you're literally a part of it when you send people. But we're also so passionate about just the church being every single aspect of the Great Commission. So I just really do pray that you guys are encouraged in that as well. It's not just that are, that are going to other lands, but every single one of us is a part of this kingdom work. 
and that's just us being willing to say yes to him. And what that yes looks like is going to be different for each of us. And I always want to challenge people that it doesn't mean that it isn't overseas for you. You know, it could be the yes that you need to say of saying, God, maybe you have asked me to go. Am I willing to go? And we know the story of Abraham. You're never too old for that. Or even we have even heard stories. We have some team members that we just heard news that there was a I think a couple that are about 75, and they're like, we're going to give some years of our life. We're going overseas. So I just love that God knows the plans, but he also is like, hey, you also are called to go to those around you, and you are called to here in Carrington if you're here. So I just really hope that you're encouraged and challenged by that, that you're a part of what God is doing in this world, a part of sharing who he is. Um, and so and before I continue, we can't share the specifics of like the country or the nation that we're going to because it's a sensitive area in the world. Um, but if you want to talk with us afterwards of just the specifics of the country and the city and where we're going, we would love to share that with you. Um, but the region that we're going to is Central Eurasia. Um, and so it's multiple nations <laughs> that... Uh, are very, very unreached. Most of these places are predominantly Muslim and they have not had access to the gospel. And we know that Jesus' heart is for all people to know who he is, to know not just his name, but to know that he desires a personal relationship with them, which I think is just incredible that our God is so big. He created every single person and his love for them is just so incredible. It is so incredible, and we just long for every person to have that chance to know him. Amen. <laughs> I really pray that he does that. Amen. Um, and as he said, I'm Carissa and my husband, Josh, and we have two little boys. If you want to go to the next slide, and we have Judah, who is six, who I'm already sure that you saw running around. Both of them are the busiest little boys ever, and Ezra, who is three. So we are a very busy little family, but we love it, and we love um, just the times that God's given us, and we're just excited for what he has in store for us, because we have, we've been commissioned as missionary associates by the Assemblies of God to go for an initial two-year term, but we are truly believing that God has called us to a lifetime of mission service, as this has been laid on our heart for many years. Uh, for the past three years, we've been living in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. I've been a stay-at-home mom with our boys, and Josh has been working construction. And we've loved this season. We've loved our season with our, our church in Devil's Lake, of just getting to be a part of it. And we've just been so thankful for this time, and we've loved it. But for so many years, God has laid on our heart just the tugging and the knowing that there's so many that need to know him. And so he stirred in our hearts, um, beginning for me probably when I was in like high school, or even as a little girl, but I don't know if I fully realized until I was more so in high school. And Josh really began to really sense that call when he was in college. And so we didn't know what that was going to look like. We're like, God, we're willing to go, but when is that? Where is that? What is this going to look like? Like, we want to say yes to you, but what does this yes look like? Um, so it's been really amazing to see this ten year, over 10-year journey of us saying, yes, Lord, we're willing to go, but when is it going to happen? When are you going <laughs> to send us? But in the last few months, God's just really begun to open that door and say that it's time to go. So we're excited as a family because we're believing that God's called us as a family, not just each of us as individuals, but as a family to go and live life among the central Eurasian people so that we can share Jesus with them. 
you know, we got to grow up as PKs, Josh in Alaska, me here in North Dakota. So we got to see ministry, you know, the ins and outs of it, the good, the bad, you know. But I was kind of that funny kid, which I know there was lots of people that were like, oh, Lord, please don't call me into ministry. You know, there's like, there, I know that, you know, there's, there's that. And then there was me. I was like, you know, I think I, I actually do. Like, I want to be called in ministry. But you know, maybe that's not what God has for me. I kind of just kept pushing it off of like, that's what I want to do. That's not what God wants me to do, which is kind of a funny thing. <laughs> why would he have, why would I have that? Like, I want to do ministry. Um, but it was like there for so many years, but I didn't know uh, what that was going to look like. I kind of allowed that insecurity to get in inside of me of saying, I'm not good enough for that, or I'm not, I mean, I couldn't even, like, public speak very much, like, I was that really nervous kid that, like, my voice would just shake so much, and I was like, oh, my goodness, how am I gonna, you know, so I was like, how could this be something that God calls me to, even though I would be, I want to say yes to that, if that's what he has. Um, I went on my first missions trips when I was in high school um, through the AIM here in, in North Dakota, and God just, he opened up my eyes, to the lost world and to the nations. And I just realized, wow, like, I love this, Lord. And I love sharing your love with people who haven't experienced it before. And this is just heavy on my heart, but I don't know still. Have you called me to that? I don't know, you know. Um, but I still was still questioning that. But I, even though I loved those trips and really felt like he was pouring it into my heart and my life, but I was still hesitant. But I went to Lakewood Park Bible Camp basically every summer. I wanted to live there if I could. Um, and I just remember I was about 16 or 17 at that time. And I remember the speaker just saying, I want everybody to be quiet before the Lord. I don't want any music. I don't want anybody talking. I want you to just be quiet before the Lord. And I want, I'm, we're going to ask the Lord to speak to you. Every single one of you, like, let's be quiet in this room. And I think that was probably one of the first times I actually was like, wow. I think that was definitely God speaking to me. And all I heard was proclaim my love to the nations. That's all I heard. But I knew that that was him sending me. I was like, wow, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> I just needed that, that yes from him, even though he had been laying it in my heart for so long. But it was simply me being quiet and being like, okay, Lord, speak to me. And I knew from that point on that he was calling me to go. Um, we went on to Trinity. Um, that's where I met my husband. And God continued to cultivate that, that heart for missions, that heart for going for other nations and cultures and people groups. The, how incredibly he, he made each so beautiful and so unique. And yet he had called them to have a relationship with them. So that was poured in our hearts. And then pack your bags. That season was also awesome as he just taught us the beauty of discipleship and living life with people. We got to live life with our students, the day-to-day, -day, them going to classes and homework, but also taking them on these missions trips and getting to see that God could use them in a mighty way to share Christ with those around them. And so that was just an awesome season, but, and we loved it, but we're like, Lord, we still know that you have called us to mourn. You have called us to go. And what does this look like? And then he started to lay the region of Eurasia on our hearts. And this is just one of the most predominantly unreached areas in the world. Because I think it's so hard to sometimes even realize the access that we have the access of that we have a church building that we can go to and that we can gather with other believers, but that there were so many that didn't even know what a church was, might not even know who a believer, a believer at all by name, or maybe don't even know the name of Jesus, even who he is. 
And that just breaks our hearts because we, we want them to know him and the love that he has and the truth of his salvation, that they don't have to live in hopelessness, they don't have to live in brokenness, that they can know a Savior who knows them by name, who knows them, sees them, and he hears them. And there's a lot of chaos going on in the world, a lot of hurt, even in this region of the world, as I'm sure you've been hearing on the news, that there's a lot happening and there's a lot of brokenness, but we're believing that God is going to move in this region. And we long for him to have a church planting movement among people who have never had it before. And we're just longing for that. And we're, um, we're joining a Live Dead launch team. And I don't know if you've heard of Live Dead or not, but their goal is to send out teams. So as we go as teams, to be able to live life among people, not just being there as the outsiders, not just we want to have friends and neighbors and live actual life with them and share the gospel with them and sow the gospel as much as the Holy Spirit gives us an opportunity to do so. And I want to also just share with you a story from this, this region of the world. Um, Live Dead, the organization, is, is through AGWM, and they've also just put out different resources and different books from these different regions. Um, and this one was just, uh, I think, just came out probably just this last year. And it's stories from many of these, these people groups of the work that has begun in these areas. Um, and it's just... It's just amazing to know what God has started. So I wanted to share this with you. Um, and this is from one of the people groups in Central Eurasia. It says, just two brisk winter days before Christmas, a Central Eurasian friend asked me to share the Christmas story at the English Conversation Club he teaches. This was an amazing opportunity to tell these students the true story of Christmas, something certainly none of them had ever heard. Even though our teammates had not been in the country long enough to be able to share in the presentation of the gospel that day, they were fully equipped to pray. One teammate came with me and the rest stayed at home interceding for the students for a move of the Holy Spirit and for God's will to be accomplished in this key moment. The time for my 10-minute Christmas presentation arrived all too soon and halfway through I realized I never opened my Bible. Every word I said was not my own but the Holy Spirit's. He spoke through me to these Central Eurasian students and they hung on every word. When I explained Emmanuel, God with us, their eyes were as big as saucers and their mouths hung open. Wow, God is with us was repeated again and again by each one. Their worldview was shattered because they grew up with Islam, which implies that God is never with us. At the end, many students thanked me, but one female student stood out. She said to me, thank you for this amazing story. It's awesome. I'm going to tell everyone I know because everyone needs to hear this story. And that's what we believe as well, that everyone needs to have that chance to hear the story of Jesus. Amen. Can we just pray this morning? Lord, I just thank you, God, that you are with us. I pray, God, that Emmanuel, you would come and be with us this morning. It's not just for Christmas, it's for now. It's for every day that your Holy Spirit will be with us tangibly right now, Lord God. 
and that we would feel surrendered to you and to your will for this community, for our families, for people all around the world, that we would love you enough to surrender our lives because we know it's value, Lord. You are valuable, oh God. God, I pray you would speak through us this morning just to encourage this group of people, Lord Jesus, to love you more intensely, Lord God, to worship you. Amen. I just, I don't think it's a coincidence that before I even got up here, how often is the word surrender has been spoken, right? I think God wants to speak to somebody maybe in this room right now is saying, I don't know if I've ever really surrendered to God. I think there's a difference. We go on this journey, right? We're all on these journeys of saying, you know, yes, God, I'm going to follow you. And it's this, you know, it's the beginnings. But really, when you really deeply surrender your life to God, it looks different, right? You live differently. And part of that is understanding the value of God. Not just saying, he's good and he makes my life better and, you know, he's so kind and loving to me. But no, God is good and gracious and without him, I would not be here today. And I don't mean just, maybe some of us, it's not even just, well, I wouldn't be in church today. It's that we wouldn't be alive today. Is we don't know where we would be as God saved me. And that's the biggest part of my, my testimony. I don't normally share this, and, but I just feel impressed that God would have me share. You know, we both grew up as pastor's kids, me and my wife, and I always say, uh, you know, there's good pastor's kids, right? And then there's other. And uh, I was the other, right? But God found me in my own sin and shame. And it wasn't that, yeah, I was running around doing all kinds of stuff, but the biggest part of my testimony is that I was living selfishly for myself. That's the biggest part. All the things that I was doing, all the crazy, that was all because the most valuable thing in my life was my pleasure, my happiness. You know, and then you get, I think, you know, many of us have gone on this journey, if you've been on this journey, you get married and you're like, you start realizing, well, I'm really selfish, right? There's a lot of things I want to do just for myself. Then you have kids and you're like, now I really feel selfish, right? It's like they show you all the things like, why do I want to go have a quiet moment for myself, right? And it's not that we need that for our insanity. But you start realizing how much we live for ourselves. And that is not the message that Christ came to share with us. He doesn't say, go be miserable and, and have a terrible life, right? God came to give you life and life abundantly, right? That's what it says. A lot of you guys, I saw your mouth. You know that verse. Yeah, I think we still think it's about us. It's not about us. It's not about here. Even this last week, I was really challenged. It's not about this world right even now. It's about eternity to come, right? What a speck of time this is compared to the eternal life we have. And we can't get that confused with the here and now. We can't lose sight of how important that is because then it becomes about our lives and our families and all these things that are good but they're not why we're here right because then we forget the importance of what is to come right heaven and the new earth that's what we're looking forward to more than now and I think that's something that a lot of older generations have had that heart and mindset and I think we've lost it in the last couple years but I see it. I see young people, and I'm sure you guys did in youth ministry as well. They have a heart and a fire to claw and to 
to, to grapple with these things and to cause change and to see life happen. And that's what we want to talk about. But anyways, that's just my, that was just my tangent. We'll get back to, to uh, just our, but that's, I mean, that's what was already, even already spoken. I just want to challenge you guys with that. So one reason that we're going, um, and we, like my wife said, we can't mention the country's name, but please come back, talk to us. We want to share our story and our life, and I'll talk about construction and whatever, right? Um, I love construction. We're building the camp buildings. If anybody's been out the camp, I work with the company that's building those. So we just put some new windows in this last week, so that was good. Um, we're moving forward towards some heat, which is always good, right? <laughs> Trying to get warm. Uh, it's always nice. Um, but one of the biggest reasons is because 40% of the world currently that we live in right now has no access to the gospel. That's a huge stat. 40% of the world has no access to the gospel. Specifically our country, 93% of the country is Muslim. So it was conquered by USSR so that other 7% of the country is Russian Orthodox, which you know, I'm not, we want to bring them along on our journey as well. But they're not actively right now looking to reach out to the people there in the country. So you're looking at the people group that we're going to, almost 100% of them have no access to the gospel. Just like Pastor Shea this morning, unless somebody goes to preach the good news, nothing will ever change. There are people in this community right now who do not know the love of Christ, and unless you go and you share it to, with them, they will never know. And I don't mean that in like a convicting way to, to make us feel bad. That's to encourage us and to challenge us to say, you know what? I am not irrelevant, right? This is a story we don't share, but Super Bowl weekend, right? I'm going to go back and watch Super Bowl and Devil's Lake uh, with some friends and stuff. But there's, it would have been, this would have been a really, really good illustration, right? Because um, I'm going to talk about Brock Purdy. Anybody football fans watching him this last week, right? Mr. Irrelevant, Right? drafted the very last draft pick of the draft this last year, third string quarterback, totally irrelevant. Everybody is starting in front of him, right? Gets injured. He steps up to the plate and leads them into an amazing playoff run, almost into the Super Bowl. Would have been even better if they would have made it, right? Been a better illustration. But no one is irrelevant. And if you read more about his story, he felt like everyone overlooked him every step of the way. From coming out of high school, barely looked at, barely recruited, goes to Iowa State, right? Wins national championships, leads all of their scoring areas. Like, he is the man at Iowa State, right? Then NFL, nobody's looking at him again. Last draft pick, right? Comes on the field, and he doesn't mope about it, right? He's not saying, well, I guess I'm just Mr. Relevant, right? I guess, you know, like most people, they always say it's like, it's like the NFL curse, right? It's like no one ever really does well if you're the last guy picked. It's like, all right, see you later. Like, have fun maybe playing one game the rest of your life and you're out of there. He doesn't mope about it. He says, I have an opportunity now to start and to play, right? First game he comes in, leads, leads his team to a, 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 a first pass, I think, is a touchdown, and then leads them to winning the game, continues on. He says, you know what? People might be overlooking me, but I have an opportunity, and I'm going to take this opportunity and prove to people that I'm not irrelevant, right? And maybe some of you really feel irrelevant. Like, what can I do for God? Who am I? Like, I'm not special. I'm not important. Maybe I don't feel eloquent, right? You are not irrelevant, right? We may be the feet of the gospel. We're carrying the gospel, but you know what? A bunch of feet running around isn't going to do any good. 
We're bringing the body of Christ. That's you, your church, right? North Dakota churches, people partnering with us. We're bringing you to the gospel. We're bringing you to the field. We're bringing you to share with other people's lives. We are a part of the body of Christ. Without each part, all of us become useless and irrelevant. But together we are strong and powerful and amazing things can happen. So we see this country that we're going to as a ripe harvest, right? So this area was once conquered uh, by the USSR. You guys can change the map if you want, if you have the next slide. Um, so the area of the world that we're in, right, was conquered by USSR for many years. Um, now they've found freedom, right? They're not a part of the Russia anymore. Um, and we have an opportunity to actually go into this country. For a long time, people weren't allowed to be there. It's a closed country, right? It's a sensitive area of the world. But now we have the opportunity to go there. And I see it as a field that's never been planted, right? A field that's never been worked, never been touched. And it takes a lot of work to take that field and get it ready for planting, right? A lot of work. To take a field that's never been planted, you got to remove boulders, trees, weeds, right? There's all, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of work, right? If any farmers have done that, it's a lot of work to take a field from nothing to planting, right? And then to bring that field to harvest. But we see it as ripe for opportunity. It's never been planted. It's never been harvested. Nobody here knows the name of Jesus, and yet we have the opportunity to go work this field, and it's going to be a tough and slow work, but we know the benefits will outweigh the cost. Because the benefit is that people will know Jesus Christ. They will know the importance and the value of his love and of his changing life. And so that's why we go. And we know that not all, not all of you guys are challenged to go, but all of us are challenged to do a work. So we are part of a team, like my wife said, uh, launch, Live Dead specifically works with launch teams. And so we'll go and we'll partner with them. Um, they'll be showing us literally how to speak the language, right? We have to learn a language. Nobody here speaks English, right? Uh, the trade language, the business language is not English, it's Russian, right? So our boys will be in a school learning Russian, and we'll be learning another language. Um, but we want to go there and we want to work. And so we're going to work with this team. They're going to show us how to speak the language, how to speak the culture, right? So if you want to order some coffee, and this is actually we are in a service last week and we said this illustration and somebody was from Italy. But I say we go to Italy and you want to order coffee, right? First thing you're like, okay, I'm really tired. It's the morning. I got to get some coffee. So all I need to do is learn the language for coffee. So it's cafe. So you go there and you say, can I have a cafe? Are they going to give you a nice big cup of coffee like from back here? No, they're going to give you 1.5 ounces of, of pure espresso, right? Just because you know the wording doesn't mean you know what it means, right? There's a difference between learning language and learning the culture. So we're going to learn from people who know the culture and are able to share that with us so we can effectively share the word of God, right? And we'll be watching them. We'll be going out with them every week, sharing and ministering and just trying to disciple believers and watching them do it and being able to learn from that, right? To take our skills that we've learned and also add it to that team. And they'll be sent out to be another part of a launch team that will go to another area that's totally unreached, Right? With nobody working there. Not just people who don't know, the go don't know the gospel, don't know God, but people who are totally unengaged, who have nobody even trying to reach the gospel, to reach them with the gospel. So that's our heart, and that's what we're going to uh, do. And uh, ultimately, our goal is to live life with the Kyrgyz people and empower them to create the church. Right? Empower them to work 
and start things in their own country because they know the language, they know the culture, they know everything. All they need is the gospel. They don't need me, an American Western person, to tell them how to live life. They just need Jesus Christ in their life. And that's what we want to bring. We don't want to get lose sight of that. And so this morning, uh, if you want to turn there for the next few minutes, I'm going to be preaching from Romans 10. Um, and so something I'm really passionate about, we've been on this journey uh, knowing that uh, we're preparing to go back into full-time ministry. Uh, we took time off to pay off our debt, pay off our student loans, right, from going to school. And thank God, la- as of last Friday, we are completely debt-free. So we are just excited. If you've ever had student loans or debt, it just feels like this burden that will never go away, like this giant mountain. And we are so thankful that we have paid it off. And so thank you, God, for your goodness in that. Um, and so as I've been in this season of not working in full-time ministry, I've really been trying to dig into the gospel, to dig into the word of God, right? Because it is what? Living and active and breathing, right? This book is alive, and every time you read it, it should speak to you. And so I've really been, you know, maybe I've been a Christian for a long time, but I've really been trying to dig in and understand the, the Bible and the story that it speaks about, right? And not just, well, there's this Old Testament stuff, and it's cool, and it gives us some culture and content. And then we get to the New Testament, and it's exciting, and God's moving, right? To understand that it's all the same story. You know, it's, it's popular right now to think, you know, I don't need the Old Testament. I don't need these stories. I don't need it. It's hard to understand, right? I get it. It's, it's hard to understand a lot of the, the culture, the context, Judaism, right? We just lose sight of it, and we're like, just get me to where Paul is speaking to the Gentiles, right? Get me to the exciting stuff where the Holy Spirit's moving and fire's coming down. Right? Get us to this more exciting stuff. But you can't have that without the Old Testament because most of the New Testament, I don't know if you know this, is quotations of the Old Testament, right? So you can't have this book written and quoting something that's already happened. And why does, why does Jesus quote the Old Testament? Because he's quoting himself, right? He is a part of God. God spoke in the Old Testament. So he's, he's looking back to what he's already said. He doesn't have to create something new, right? He didn't come to abolish the law. He didn't come to remove all that. He came to fulfill it. He came to bring it to us, and so that's what I want to talk about this morning is just the complete and wholeness of the gospel. And this is what we're going to be doing even when we go overseas. This is what we're going to do when we share with people is we're going to be teaching them the Bible, right? Just like if there's Bible studies, small groups, that's what we're going to have overseas. It's not going to be a room like this, right? We get shut down in a heartbeat, right? It's going to be one-on-one sharing the gospel, helping people understand the word of God. Right? That is an important aspect to our, our lives. Right? It helps us understand why we're suffering, why we're going through persecution, why we're going through tough times, and not just understand why we're in them, but sometimes how do we get out of them? Right? To ask God for strength. And so understanding the scripture is of vital importance in our lives. And that's the, one of the first things that we want to share with these new believers that we come in contact with, right? is the importance of the gospel. And so um, I'm going to start in verse, in verse 1 of chapter 10 in Romans. So Romans 10:1, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer for God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. 
For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. They had zeal. They had passion. But what it says they did not have knowledge. So it's not that they didn't have this passion, right? Every one of them understood the scriptures of the Old Testament better than anyone in this room, right? They, the rabbis, the, the chief elders, the priests, they could quote the entire Old Testament. Every word they could quote word for word, right? Because they didn't have books lying around like we do, right? They maybe had one scroll in a whole synagogue. So they had to memorize every single word. That's how you became right, along this journey to become a rabbi. So they knew the word of God, yet this is what they lacked. They lacked an understanding of the word of God. Jesus didn't come and say, hey, you've got it all wrong. He says, you've missed the point of what God was trying to tell you. And a big part of that was they missed the importance of people. They became upholders of the law and the tradition instead of lovers of people. They were called to be a kingdom of priests and to bless the nations. And yet, they missed the point. They missed that part about blessing other people. And they got stuck in what they were comfortable with, right? They put more laws and regulations and made their lives harder instead of blessing people. Continue on in verse 5, it says, For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He says this not of his own accord, right? He quotes Deuteronomy 30. So I want you to read, or I want you to listen to this. If you want, you can turn to Deuteronomy 30. This is Moses talking to the Israelite people. So he quotes this. See if this sounds very familiar. It says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring, oh, actually, sorry, skip down. That says, for this is the commandment that I command you today. It is not too hard for you, neither is it too far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it down, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. This is an exact quotation of Deuteronomy 30. He's recalling them. He's saying, you know the word, right? Just like I'm talking to you. You know the word of God. It's not so far off that you can't understand it, right? I don't know what intelligence level you think of yourself. Guess what? You can understand the word of God. It is not beyond you. Nobody needs to go up into heaven and bring the understanding back to you. Nobody needs to go down to hell or go down in the abyss and bring it up. The word of God is already near you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart. It is in your life, right? You can understand the words of God. You can understand what he wants for your life. You can understand his scriptures, right? He wants to speak to you. He didn't write a book to be misunderstood. He wrote a book so that you could understand it, right? He wants you to learn the word of God. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Again, 
This is talking about the wholeness of the gospel. This is from Joel, right? In Joel 2.32, he says, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Joel writes this while the Israelites are preparing to walk into exile. They're about to leave their homes. Tragedy has befallen them. This is like the worst thing that you could imagine. They're literally about to get their families taken away from everything and be thrown into exile. They feel like God has abandoned them. And yet, just a few chapters before, this is what Joel says. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Joel is saying, even now, even through your disobedience, right, through following false gods, through leaving the commandments, through mistreating people, if you return to the Lord, not in the popular culture of the Judaism in that day, it was popular if you're sad or angry or you're going through grieving, you rip your clothing, you rend your garments. He's saying, don't rend your garments, rend your heart. What does, he, what does that sound like? Repentance. He's saying, repent and turn to the Lord. That's the same theology that we preach today in our church, right? Repent and return to the Lord that he may forgive your sins. This story is not just something new coming to Jews. This is the entire gospel. This is the word of God from beginning to end. God is gracious and merciful, slow, right, to anger, abounding in love. That's how he deals with the Jewish people. That's how he deals with us today. And that's how he wants to deal where we're going. Because they also need God, but they need to know that he's calling them to repent, right? To rend our hearts and not just our garments. Don't make a show of it, but to really return to the Lord. That, that idea of surrender, right? once again, right? Surrendering our lives to the gospel. Surrendering our lives to God. That's, that is very, very powerful of an idea. And if you grab a hold of that, and maybe, you, I'm not saying any of you haven't, but when you grab a hold of that idea, it changes your life. And it should, right? It should change our lives. That is what God called me to. I was living a selfish life, like I shared. And I don't normally talk about, you know, the, the more details of my testimony, but I was living that sinful life, and God called me. And he really put this, idea of returning to the Lord, repentant, and it changed my life, right? I, I saw ministry. My dad was a pastor. I wanted nothing to do with it, and yet he called me back into ministry because I saw the value, and I said, what you've done for me, I want to do for other people. I want to bring the word that changed my life to other people, and that's where this journey started for me, right? And that's where we're still trying to do is bring the word of God. So I'm going to skip down to verse 15, and Pastor already shared it. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. This is from Isaiah 52.7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who, publish, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes 
publishes salvation, who says, Zion, your God reigns. That's what we're doing. We're bringing it to the people. We're saying, your God reigns, whether you know it or not, right? Your God reigns. We need to be people who don't just bring God's good word, but also, it says, who publish peace, who bring along peace with us. Not in yelling and screaming and telling people they're so terrible, right? I'm saying, God cares for you, and he has a place for you today. That's what we're bringing, the good news. That's what the gospel says, the good news. And so we know that God has called us to do that in another country far away, right, where that little arrow is going, right, in this live-dead Silk Road region. That's where God has called us. But God, whether you want to accept that idea or really be into it, on this Sunday morning, God has called you every one of you, specifically to a purpose and to a plan. And that might be your family, right? The greatest thing some of you ever might do is raise your families to love God, right? And maybe they go on, we don't know, but each one of us have a specific goal and plan for our lives that God has. And we need to surrender to that. For us, that that means going overseas. For you, maybe it's sending somebody overseas. Maybe that's partnering with your local church, right? Maybe that means helping out at youth group. Maybe it means talking to your coworkers. I know it's really, I've been working construction the last two years. I love construction. If we weren't called to ministry, that's what I'd be doing. It's like, it, it takes a lot of intentionality to wake up and go talk to your coworkers about Christ, right? It's like some days I'm just trying to get through the day, right? Drink enough coffee to get back home, right? Then you're playing with your kids. It's, it's a busy day. It takes a lot of intentionality to wake up and say, I'm going to talk to my coworkers today, right? The name of Jesus might be around that construction site, but it's usually not in the way that I want it to be, right? And the only person who's going to bring it there is going to be me. And I know that, right? And if I don't wake up in the morning and pray and say, God, help me to, to share your good news today, it's not going to happen, right? That is the intentionality that we have to carry with us. And that doesn't mean just because, yeah, that's our task and that's what we're going to do overseas. And so maybe it's going to be, honestly, maybe it'll be easier to wake up every day with intentionality for us to do that because that is our goal and our mission. It's like you prepare to go to camp as youth or to go on a missions trip for adults and it's like, you know, you're, you're getting all ready and for that week you just feel like, yeah, I'm ready because you prepared yourself, right? It's hard to prepare yourself like that every day. I know, it's difficult. But that is what God has called us to do. And so, Maybe it's starting one day a week. Just say, one day a week, I'm going to pray that God would give me an encounter. And you don't have to force it. Just say, one day a week, I'm going to pray and say, God, give me an encounter one day at work or at home or, or drop my kids off at school, wherever that is, maybe. And just say, you know, God, just, just help me to, to spread your good news today. And look for opportunities. Look for the Holy Spirit. Because when I pray those prayers, that's when God gives me opportunities to speak. Not before. Right? Because I'm actually looking for the opportunities, and so he wants to give me them because I actually want to use them, right? And so that's what I'm challenging with you this morning. I'm challenging you today. And I know I shared and I spoke a little long. Sorry, you guys can enjoy the Super Bowl later, so you'll forget all about it. Um, But if you guys want to go to that last slide, if you want to follow our journey uh, and pray for us, please, please pray for us. We know there's a cost, right? We're going with our family and our kids, and they're going to be learning a new language, right? Our boys are going to be in new school. Like, there's challenges to come. And the thing that's going to keep us on the field is your prayers, is you partnering with us, not saying, hey, here's a check and goodbye forever, right? No, we want to be a part of your lives, and we want you to be a part of our lives, right? And so please pray for us and partner with us. We want to bring you to the field with us, right? If you feel called to go in any capacity, 
please let us know. There are so many opportunities around there that we um, can get you in contact with to share and to go and to be the hands and feet of Jesus, maybe somewhere around the world or maybe to Selfridge, right? We should go there every, every year with our students. What a wonderful opportunity to bless Randy Honey Sr. And his, and his wife and his family there and the ministry they're doing, right? There are places around North Korea that need our help. They need the gospel preached and proclaimed. Um, and if you want to give or... We, we are really needing part, uh, monthly partners, right, just to help send us. Um, I don't like asking for money or to ask for support. Uh, I want to pull myself up my own bootstraps. But we know God's called us here for a season where we cannot work. We cannot support ourselves. But we trust that God has sent us there, and we know he'll provide. So we're not worried about that, right? Um, but if you feel impressed by God to, to give in any way, to pray for us or to, to go, please come and talk to us in the back. You can follow any of these links. You can just scan it with your phone if you want, even now. Connect with us, follow us on our secret Facebook group, things like that, so you can see and be encouraged um, what we're doing overseas, and maybe that will help stir you on as well, right? Encourage you and say, yep, I saw Josh Christa doing it last week. I'm going to try that this week, right? Just to encourage us. We need to encourage each other. We need others to lift us up, and that's what we want to do and be a part of. So thank you guys for letting us come and share, and uh, thank you, Pastor. Awesome. Like he said, we, or like we said earlier, we're going to take up an offering for them uh, this morning. Uh, being their new uh, missionaries going out on the field, we haven't um, committed to support them uh, monthly, um, but we're considering that, obviously, or they wouldn't be here. Um, uh, but they also need a budget of, you know, they need a, a pile of cash, and then they need a pile of commitments of monthly. So today, in this moment, we want to help them uh, collect their bag of cash, <laughs> whatever you'd call that, uh, their monthly uh, budget that they have to raise as well, or not monthly budget, their, their full budget they have to raise. So ushers, if you would come uh, at this time, we're going to pray. If you would consider just being uh, generous this morning towards them, if you uh, are writing a check, please fill it out to the church, and then we'll write one big check um, to them here. And so let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I just pray for um, this offering. Lord, put it on our hearts what we uh, should give and what we should invest into the ministry of the Bialics and what they're calling them to do. Help us. Uh, to be able to send them, Lord, that we join with other churches, that uh, money would not be uh, what's holding them back from being on the field. I pray that you would um, just inspire us to be generous and giving today, but also for the other uh, churches and, and ministries that are going to um, invest in them as well. God, that um, you would help us to be obedient and, um, and support and that they would be able to go as soon as possible, or that, again, that this wouldn't be um, an obstacle that they have to fight to get over. God, but you would just pour out your blessing and um, into their life and into their ministry, God, and we just want to be a part of that this morning, Lord. So we just love you, and we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. And I also wanted to share this song with you that God's used to challenge me, and it's called Isaiah 6, Here Am I, Send Me, and that every single one of us um, would be willing to say yes to him in whatever capacity that that is.